Hello, my name is Nick Spacek, and you're listening to From an Inspired By, a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On this episode, we kick off the second season of our summer series, Your Favorite Soundtrack, where we talk to our favorite people about the soundtracks they love. Starting this summer series, talking with Josh Robbins, bassist and vocalist for Charlotte, North Carolina's Late Bloomer. They just released their third album, Waiting, on 6131 Records this past Friday, and it's an absolute gem. It builds on the songwriting chops we heard on 2014's Things Change, while still being absolutely catchy and amazing. Josh talked with us about the new album, but first, we dove into his favorite soundtrack, Ken Higgins and James Calabrese's score for the 1986 horror movie, Spookies. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to me. I do appreciate it. Hello. How's it going? So we're talking the very strange 1986 independent horror film, Spookies. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I think, um, I guess you probably want my thoughts on it. Uh, I think mainly why I keep going back to the movie is honestly probably the soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) And this was the second time I've watched the movie, um, and I didn't really expect to probably ever watch it again. Um, But, you know, in preparation for this, I did. And I still, I mean, I guess I I still don't really know what's going on. I don't know if you were able to glean anything. I mean, I, I have kind of things that I've read that are talking points, but, like, realistically what the fuck is going on with this movie yeah yeah i think for me like a lot of like being able to puzzle out what the hell was going on like was really helped by the like the wikipedia article um as well as the 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 sort of oral history that was on the dissolve like that really sort of explained like how this thing came to be yeah what was yeah, it? I mean, I have that article up, but I haven't read it, you know. But uh, so it's, you know, I guess it's kind of more interesting. Just kind of my thoughts on it without having read that. We just feel like, like I feel like I kind of cut you off, but like sometimes if I find a movie that makes me feel like being at like a video store when I was a kid, and you don't know what it is are almost, like, not really where to find it still, is so fascinating. Like, that that doesn't exist that much anymore. Well, I mean, you I see, like. you, you see like, the poster or, like, the video box art, and you're just like, 
oh hey <laughs> what's this yeah. like, what yeah. was your I first mean, experience you, with it um i i mean i think it all comes from a lot of it comes from the the soundtrack honestly um uh, they didn't come out i don't think super long ago like two years uh, ago yeah and i picked that up when i was on tour uh, from, you know, from the record store that put it out, uh, Grayface, which is also Terror Vision. Um, and, but I had seen him, like, post about it, and it was, like, basically the way he even marketed it is the movie. It's kind of like, this is a movie that you can't really find. And I don't know, it just was kind of like, whoa, everything about the imagery of this movie makes me think that I want to watch it, you know? And so you kind of build it up in your head, and then I got the soundtrack and listened to it, and was like, we listened to the soundtrack before watching the movie, and, you know, that built it up, but, you know, anything I could find, I felt like looking at things online about it, you kind of knew what you were getting into, Uh, (laughs) you know, but it's sort of like, even more, like, because there's like, you know, a lot of times with like the imagery on kind of like Italian films like even like when you're looking at like zombie three um you're like this looks really awesome and then you go to watch it and you're like this is like three movies put together and i guess in that sense that is spooky like it's like two movies put together right oh yeah literally (laughs) yeah it's like from what i could gather it's the guy filmed what wasn't really a movie and then ran out of money I think, and then somebody was like, I think we can make a movie with this if we just do a whole other story that might sort of connect to it. The fun part about it, the fun part about Spookies, (laughs) and the fact that you bring up, like, Zombie 3, it's like, that actually works out, that's a really good comparison, because, like, Zombie 3 was, like, one director who then, like, halfway through the movie was just like, I quit. And then, you know, so you, you end up, you end up what was starting out with like a Lucio Fulci movie and you end up with like a Joe D'Amato movie, which is not a, an increase in quality by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) No. Yeah. And you can tell, I think, I I think some of this is, um, I guess to give credit, um, some of this, well, I'm just tying these together, but some of this, I was listening to a recent movie podcast like horror movie podcast um oh fucking shockwaves um i don't know if you do you listen to that one i mean yeah occasionally it's yeah like the blumhouse one yeah um but i think they were talking about that but usually they talk about hey what do you watch this week you know and uh they were like explaining that and i'm just now realizing that that's like the same stuff but like that 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 so i guess to give credit to them for that zombie three thing but yeah, with the Lucio Fulci, like basically, like was filming like canoeing scenes that were like, you know, an hour long, or not probably not that long, but just like he had really long canoeing scenes that they were like, we can't <laughs> make this into a movie. And then the other guy came in, and then his tone's like really different. Um, some of it you can tell, but I think also I just kind of, kind of mentally gave up and started looking at my phone while watching Zombie Three. Uh, but Spooky's. I think in a way with how bizarre it is, like Zombie Three is like, like so much better of a movie than Spookies. But somehow, you should probably watch Spookies more because of 
just how it fails on like every level. And like, I don't understand like why there isn't like you. Can, you still have to watch it on. Well, I watched it on YouTube. Is there anywhere else to watch it? There's like they put it out on DVD in France, and oh, okay. uh, you can you can, it's region not region specific, so you can get it. Um, I don't have it, but it is called Les Spooky. Um, and evidently, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. evidently it's, it's not like super amazing, but it looks way better than any of like the shitty VHS rips that are on like YouTube or torrent sites. Yeah. I think the YouTube one is, I swear it really just looks like somebody, it really is like somebody ripped it from the VHS because it's the only choice that would have really probably be there. And then uploaded it, but, like, did it at, like, lower speed. And then, <laughs> so you're watching, like, these, like, generations, like, when you were younger and you were, like, giving friends skate videos. And then they gave a copy of a skate video to a friend. And then eventually you're, like, I think that person did a kickflip, but I can't really tell anymore. Um, like, that's what they look like, you know? Um, like, that's what it looked like. And I've watched that version of it twice on, uh, you know, <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, but really what saves the whole movie, and they talk about it on the soundtrack, is the soundtrack. I mean, it's like every inch of that movie is just covered in the most, like, blistering soundtrack. Like, like it's just, there's no space for anything. So sometimes you almost miss that, like, there's, like, a puppet scene in one part of the movie. Like, <laughs> oh, the puppet. Like, do you, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Part? Oh, God, the puppet. And, and it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you have anything to add to your thoughts on Spooky. I'm just, like, uh, I'm amazed by the fact that, like, the special effects are surprisingly good. Yeah, they're not too bad. Like, I think that's really where most of all the money must have went into, because... I think that that whole spider lady scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Grim Reaper? Oh, great. Like, uh, there's so many good gags, like, that are, like, subspecies X-esque kind of <laughs> ga- gags and stuff. Um, they, it's like, they put, really did put all the, all the thought into, like, this special effect into this special effect, but sort of like the connecting tissue of everything else that leads you to it is like really the cinem- the skinamax version of like a horror movie in that there's nothing in between and you're kind of like I don't know why these people are talking to each other like just get to the next like head explosion you know like <laughs> but yeah but the other weird thing is the fact that None of, there's like that A and B story, I guess you would call it. Yeah. With like the kid and the birthday party. But at some point, the kid story is just done. Like they just bury the kid. And I would like to like, I don't know the whole, I didn't read that Dissolve article, but um, I don't know. Maybe it was just like, that's all they had. And then somehow they were able to use that to connect with like the, the nightcrawler guy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That cat is weird. So yeah, cat. I guess it makes me think of nightcrawler. For he totally looks like nightcrawler. Marvel. Every time I watch like a really 
bad movie from the 80s i always see something that like it seems like they end up like it gets ripped off for like some big budget movie like 20 years later yeah yeah i mean i wonder it would be interesting to know like what i don't really i was gonna say like what directors nowadays maybe have seen this and are influenced by it but you don't get movies like this anymore and I, maybe I, I mean this movie's kind of like past my generation so I don't feel like I come at that as like an old guy saying that but you don't get these such grand mistakes like this this anymore I don't feel like I feel like that's a really good sort of explanation and sort of like ties into like the fact that like a lot of what terror vision releases are amazing soundtracks to movies that are just like colossal like like I finally watched Killing Spree a couple weeks ago I haven't seen that one it's if it's on Amazon Prime if you've got it and it is I'll watch it tonight it's it's so weird like they're movies where like you feel like you should really be on your phone like just kind of fucking around with it on the background and then you just find yourself like yeah. unable to you're afraid to look away because you're afraid that you're gonna miss some just absolutely batshit thing and usually you're pretty right yeah it's like um yeah, well even like I guess it's funny to call them bigger ones um like I feel like Death Spa kind of does that, where you're like, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like that's been covered and uh, has like a bigger audience. But that's what's weird. It's like there's these ones that are sort of like, you know, I guess in the weird kind of movie subculture we exist in. I mean, that's been on like, how does this get made? So it's like then that's like an Oscar movie now in this world, <laughs> uh, Death Spa. But like Spookies, I don't think whatever. Like, I don't know if there's any way that somebody would ever, like, talk about it. And this way, I guess we're doing it right now. But, you know, it's, it's like, barely a movie <laughs> in ways. Uh, but I don't... There's, and then there's things that it reminds me of. I guess it's kind of just hitting off the same beats of... Um, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in the 80s where it's, like, people go to have a party in an abandoned house. Um, and I'm trying to... Night of the Demon. Night of the Demon. Hell Night. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, and differently, there's, like, the people move into the old house that they kind of inherited, i.e. house, or, like, I think, uh, there's, like, Hell House, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, there's, that that I don't think that genre really exists anymore. Like the people go to abandon abandoned house in that capacity. Um, I don't. I can't think of anything in recent time. No that hits on that. No, like the the party in an abandoned place seems to like the only thing I can think of. And uh, this is an upcoming episode of the show. Uh, is uh, the movie uh, The Ranger, which is like a like a punk rockers meet a psychotic uh park ranger. yeah it's it's yeah. a it's a lot they of go fun to the woods, right they go to the woods but it's like in a it's like an abandoned cabin um but that's yeah. like the only one like i mean like the 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 whole like people moving into a house with a bad thing is 
that's still getting done. Uh, I think it's even gotten, like, there have been multiple, like, parodies of it at this point. Like, I think the most recent would be, like, yeah. Hell Baby. Yeah, or, yeah, I mean, I guess that, but, yeah, the people going to party in an abandoned house thing um, definitely is, a, is something that needs to come back. And I think probably when it comes back, you'll be like, please don't bring that back again. <laughs> uh, you know, because you'll get, like, so many of them, you know? But, uh, like, it's like, why hasn't, that seems, it's a one-location movie, basically, you know? And, like, so Blumhouse, you know, would love yeah. that. And, but I don't know if, like, the whole idea of the hedonistic, like, kids partying thing is, like, hip anymore. That It seems so dated of a concept. Um, but also what's weird is, like, these people aren't kids no. that are coming to party. Like They're, they're like, degenerates in their late 20s. Old. The guy with the mustache that's playing with puppets is, like, 42. <laughs> and yeah and then like the then i don't even think he's a dad i can't remember like what he is but there's the kind of almost like dad figure in it that's like really mean oh yeah to that, everybody that they see someone's dad like for, i don't know now i'm getting into plot specifics and i don't think i can break that apart really the soundtrack is once again the only reason anyone should ever watch this movie Maybe. Um, but it says in the, on the soundtrack, it says, I think Spookies has about a minute and a half without an underscore. 80 odd minutes of music <laughs> is a lot to write in a month. So they wrote this whole 80 minutes of music in a month and using just like a Yamaha DX and an emulator. That's what it says. So they just filled every single inch of that movie with the score to sort of make you feel like there was something there. Like, I don't know. I think that's a that's uh, a that's a pretty good reason. Like, it's like okay, we'll just we'll just fucking distract them. Yeah, I mean, it's totally. And you know, sometimes like I feel like because actually, for some reason, I brought. I mean, I brought the vinyl of it in here, but I also brought in um, the soundtrack for James Con's The Thief. Okay, Thief. Yep. I guess it's called the Tangerine Dream uh, one, and it's. Yeah, and like it's like, it's like. Well, I don't, I don't know what Thief would be without a Tangerine Dream soundtrack, but I think it's a really good movie. You know, like, but it also makes you think about movies you really love, and to think about like, am I just fooled by the score? You know, of it, like it's like Sorcerer is a great movie. Once again, a Tangerine Dream soundtrack. Uh, would it be without? Uh, Tangerine Dream. Well, um, I, you know, I mean, but, there's, you know, so I, yeah. Well, there's the there's oh, the yeah. thing about Halloween where they say that you know, like it, they showed it without a score, and people are like, I don't, I know, this is gonna die, and then Carpenter yeah. goes off, puts the score on it, and shows it to people, and they're like, this is terrifying. Yeah, I mean, there's so much that doesn't really happen in that movie, and like. And I think as a kid, and I still, in my mind, that movie, like, terrifies me. Um, not, not so much now. I mean, but it's sort of like the mental image of what I thought that movie is is scary. Like, and, But it's also a movie I, I don't know if I go back to, like, a couple times a year because 
it's just an entry point, you know, it's like, it's just like a comfort food probably. Uh, but there's so much that doesn't really happen in that movie. Like, it's like, you don't really see a lot of the violence firsthand in Halloween. Uh, you just, it's implied in a lot of places. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think yeah, the soundtrack really probably did, um, like make it into something. So it's like how bad it is spookies without even half the soundtrack. <laughs> I, I, yeah, like, I don't want to know <laughs> because I feel like I'm probably will eventually watch it again and just not even pay attention. Just basically like do dishes and let the soundtrack like, you know, play through just so you kind of get a visual along with the soundtrack. Cause if not, I'd just put on the vinyl version of it. That, you know, sounds better. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I would recommend people to check it out. Um, I don't know if anybody in that movie went on to do anything else. Um, I think we should start a rumor that, like, George Clooney was the Catman. Uh, you know, that was, like, his first movie. I think that's what we should say. Like, try and give it some more lore to try and pick it up some. What's funny is the yeah. uh, of the people involved in the movie, like none of the actors went on to do everything, do anything, but like the people who like shot it, like went on to do like Errol Morris and Abel Ferrara movies. That makes sense. <laughs> if they're gonna land somewhere, Abel Ferrara makes complete <laughs> sense. Uh, yeah, and also I guess New York connection too. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. Abel Ferrara is kind of a blind spot for me. I don't feel like I've seen enough of it. But that that's kind of surprising that they have that, though. Like, I wouldn't surprise me in the, in the least if it was basically just, like, people at somebody's, like, community college or something, <laughs> you know? And so these are just, like, passerbyers, you know? That, you know, kind of like a American movie type thing, but in more real uh, kind of scenario. Uh, you know, kind of with that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and try, uh, there's so much of the movie that I, I just feel like I'm like looking at the vinyl version, once again from Terror Vision, and I'm like, where was this in the movie? Like, I don't remember it. Um, you know, they, but also, like, you can't, you can't talk about this movie without mentioning the Muckmen. <laughs> the farting. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like I I don't necessarily know if it's mentioned on the soundtrack, but it's like was that the score decision or that's like, I wonder like that's 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 a very big chunk of that dissolve interview. <laughs> it's, it's there's some oh I guess they do say they said although okay they say the Muckman although the sound guy covered up a lot of that with auditory flashlights the fight scene 
yeah, so I guess it's like it was like a clear decision to have that. It was it was evidently a very like very very uh like it was a decision that was fought. <laughs> oh, so that were they trying to cover it up in the score? No, like the, the 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 decision to put in the fart noises were was not a something that some of the people involved in making the movie were very happy about. Then who but that, what's weird about that is because, like, if you think about, like, a Tommy Wiseau kind of thing, it's like, that guy, it's, like, so much of him. You know, so it's like, who were these other people that were making a decision? So you, then you're telling me that there's a studio involved? Uh, but I guess a movie in the mid-'80s wouldn't really be able to exist without a studio. So the studio wanted more fart noise. That's what you're saying. It was basically, it had all been put together, and then they're just like, let's put <laughs> fart noises on top of it. Who's they? Uh, the, uh, like, the people who bought the movie and started putting it together from the other movie. Oh, okay, yes, yes. Because there's basically two different directors. Basically, yes. So, so the two, the new team thought that they would somehow add humor to this movie? Pretty much. And maybe that's... You know, but it's, there's not enough of it to feel like it's a horror comedy. There's just these weird, really weird, like, the puppet guy that's basically, it's like, becomes like an Adam Sandler movie. It just becomes Jack and Jill anytime that guy is in it. Uh, you know, it's really like that kind of vibe switch. Like, it's just like, why is this guy, you know, just like, hey, whoa, whoa, you know, that kind of hype. Uh, that really doesn't, it either doesn't, should be in there, or it doesn't have enough to make sense to be in there. Um, so, I mean, I guess I could see, like, in 1986, like, probably was, I don't know, it's just, like, to think, I can, it's really just a lot of, like, I don't know why you did this, kind of, with this movie, that would, should be more, dis- like, discussed on a bigger level, the Spookies. Uh, all, I don't have the answers. I want someone else to tell me more about Spooky. Like, classes should be taught on this movie. Like, that's what it is. What not to do in filmmaking. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and, like, and also just, like, yeah, I mean, that, 100%. And also, like, how not to do it. Like, it's like, this is this because of this, and why did this happen, you know? And, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll have to read that, this all article. Um... You know, I I don't even know how much more I can say about Spookies. Um, to be honest, it's just bizarre. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I love it in like a weird way that I'll just sort of like tell somebody like, "What's the?" Because I've had people ask me that, and I hate it because it's like, "What's your entry?" They're like, "What's the weirdest thing you've watched recently?" And then it's like. Ugh. I don't know, man. It's like when someone asks you, like, what's your favorite band? And you're like, what? Are you asking me as somebody that purposely listens to bad music as, like, some sort of, like, way to punish themselves? Are you asking me, like, and liking a movie, like, this sort of glutton thing that I like of doing? You know, so it's like, what angle are you getting me at? Because I might just tell you to watch The Net or something with Andrew (laughs) Bullock. um, Because I don't know... You know, I don't know where you are with it. Because like, I feel like if I told someone to watch Spookies, they would be really mad at me. You know? Like, like when I told you Spookies, you were probably like, fuck. Like, that sucks. Uh, you know? Like, that's 
what that movie is. <laughs> I think that's a that's a but, very fair point. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, I feel like if I really didn't if I didn't like someone and you know and I wanted them to just like I would be like watch spooky. But also, I felt like if I liked someone and they understood like kind of where a lot of I guess I'll say us that are into this deep dive. I would also say spooky. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's both of those things at the same time. Um, you know, but if it was like, you know, my wife, I wouldn't tell her to watch spooky. It's like, I care about her too much and I know what she likes as a movie watcher that I would not do that to her. Uh, you know, that's, that's like the, the different parts of spookies that, uh, I think encapsulated in summation. <laughs> So I feel like we should probably talk about your new record, um, because yeah, it, probably I guess because so. I really like it, and will also probably make your publicist very happy. Uh, but also, <laughs> like I like I like your band. That's why I'm glad to have you on the show. Uh, like I, yeah. I obviously very much liked your last record. Um, yes, and I was really excited to find out that like there was a there was a new one on the way. Um, like I really enjoyed that uh, the 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 unreleased track that you had on the Tor Johnson fifteen year compilation. I thought that was like a really strong song. <laughs> like like wait, this is a song you cut from the record? Yeah, it's just I think that's um, that's our spookies. <laughs> no, um, it's uh, no it, that we like that song, and there's another song too that I can probably send you that was supposed that or every time we go to record and I think any band should do this this might be just like common sense like you should record more than you're gonna put out um I, I hope that that's like a common thing most bands feel when they go to put out a record because when you're kind of like you've been you're so close to these songs and then you're bringing in a producer and then you're potentially and hopefully bringing in a label your idea of what your record is will probably change. With things change, the last record, like, uh, it was still, like, pretty much on us. But as you put everything together, you're like, these two songs don't really fit what we feel like the vibe of the record is. But I don't I don't know what you would have felt, like, if you were in the room helping <laughs> to make a decision or the fact that you've heard that song now. You know, it's interesting to think if someone thought that that should have gone on the record. Um, you know, but yeah, I don't think it's like a bad song by any means. Uh, and I feel like I can't even remember what song that is that you're talking about. <laughs> uh, shit, what song is that on the Tor Johnson comp? That's a good question. That's a very good question. I can't remember what song it is either. Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't, you know, it's like, I mean, it's, let me, I have the record. See, I should know the answer to this, but I don't, oh, don't save me. 
like we have we have played we played that song once um we i think we played it at a record release show even though it's not on the record and um i don't think it went well and then for some reason we just we may have done it a couple other times um but we, I don't even think we played it at the Tor Johnson. Actually, we might have played it at the Tor Johnson Fest, if I'm remembering correctly, like last year that the comp was coming out for. Uh, but, yeah, we haven't played that song. But I don't think it's like a bad song by any means. And there's another song, Live Your Life, that was basically just like way too far into like kind of alt-country kind of realm. And it has like a, even has like a, harpsichord not a harpsichord what's the big uh you know the little ch- children's toy that has the, you hit it with a little hammer oh xylophone uh, xylophone but vibraphone is what it so it's like the big xylophone it was a vibra it has vibraphone on this other song uh, and so it's like no oh, this song's not going on the record it's like five minute long song with vibraphone on it um you know so but you should always record more songs than you're going to put out. Uh, but I'm glad you like that song. I didn't really know anyone really listened to it uh, outside of people that maybe were actively like tuned in to like George Johnson and stuff. Uh, so thank you. Uh, and yes, yeah, so we have a new record coming out uh, in, I guess, about a month. Uh, almost exactly a month, right? Today is the 29th? Yes. Yeah, so in exactly a month, we have a record coming out called Waiting uh, that's been four years in the making on 6131 Records, and we're really excited about it. We're going on tour, so if people are listening to this, we're going on tour for three weeks and going up to the Northeast, coming back down, going to the Midwest, and, you know, back on to Charlotte, North Carolina. So please pre-order our record and listen to our band so that I can pay gas on the road uh, and buy bad movies while I'm on the road. Do you hit like a lot but of like re- video stores and shit what? while you're on the road? I, you know, so I, I have like a weird thing with like, I don't really buy movies that much anymore. It has to be like just something really weird, you know, and not probably not that weird or it just hits me in the right way. Uh, like I had a I had a big VHS collection and then kind of like the um, it just kind of seemed unnecessary and then I tried to replace some of it with DVDs because these were VHS that like I bought for like $2 to begin with so they weren't like VHS that were in like in good condition even like okay condition you know, and then so, like, as I would re- replace those with DVDs, and then eventually I had a lot of DVDs, and then I moved into a smaller house, and then I put all of my DVDs in a box and took the actual DVD out and put them in, like, one of those big CD, like, holders, and just gave all of my VHS away, like, traded it for a tattoo. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess I downsized, like, because I was, like, it was kind of either due to our house space, it was kind of, like, it's either your vinyl or it's these VHS. And so, so I guess my love of music, uh, won out over my love of movies. But because I sold so many DVDs, 
I got a three hundred and twenty five dollar credit at my local video store, which is conveniently like I don't know three minutes from my house. And I've moved into my house like two years ago, and I just rent. Uh, you know, it's like dollar twenty five, I think, or three maybe. But basically, I think I'm sixteen. I think I have sixteen dollars left on a three hundred and twenty five dollar credit that I started like two years ago. <laughs> um, yeah. And this is like, like, you know, going weekly, maybe multiple times a week. Uh, you know, so I, so I think by that sheer fact, that I don't really buy movies anymore. So I'm not a good like rewatcher, especially with the type of stuff I tend to watch, you know, it's like, I'm not probably rewatching I don't know. I watched subspecies recently, so I'll say it again. I'm not rewatching subspecies. Yeah, like so. It's like I probably won't buy something I won't rewatch. Uh, so, so I guess to answer your question, like I'll probably go to like a video store, but a lot of the video stores are like rentals. So it's like I like going in video stores when I'm on tour, but realistically, you know, if you're playing Chicago that night or whatever town. Uh, you're not renting a movie that night since you have a show, you know? <laughs> uh, but I still do go to video stores when I stumble upon them in other cities because it's like, even more so than a record store, it feels like a bygone era. Wait for the call But it never comes Josh for talking with us. You can find Late Bloomer on Facebook and Twitter at Late Bloomer NC, and you can purchase waiting at shop.6131records.com. You can find this show on Facebook and Twitter at From Inspired Pod and at our website, fromaninspiredby.com. Spookies can be purchased from Terror Vision, who are at terror-vision.com or at terrorvision.bandcamp.com. Please hit up the website and click on the Give Us Money button to help pay for web hosting and long distance fees. And remember to leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you and much appreciation to everybody who tweeted and shared and participated in our 90s soundtrack showdown that took place over the last month. The winner of the 90s soundtrack showdown was Pulp Fiction. If you want to revisit our episode on Pulp Fiction, you can go all the way back to episode number 10, where we talked with a member of Urge Overkill about Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. Do definitely check that out. We will back in two weeks with the next installment of your favorite soundtrack talking with the inimitable charlie brigden uh, writer and tweeter extraordinaire about his favorite soundtrack the empire strikes back until then thanks for listening <laughs>